Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical, beneficial, and clear. Friends, we want to be hopeful and helpful in our work. You can learn more about it at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm one of the hosts, Isaac Adams. I'm here with the co-host, Austin Suter. Austin, how you doing, brother? Doing all right, man. How are you? Uh, I'm going to use your word of all right, uh, simply, and not just kind of give the, you know, standard cultural greeting. I'm doing great uh, because of Ahmaud Arbery um, lamenting oh, so many things there. And uh, we and I, it brings me to an announcement, something we had planned even before uh, any of us had heard of Ahmaud Arbery, which is um, a time of lament that United We Pray is going to be putting on, Lord willing, on May uh, 20th. Uh, so if you uh, want to join us for that, we would love that, where we're going to be lamenting lots of things about these disrupted times, uh, these hard pandemic times. And of course, uh, sadly, racism is still existing within them, if not being exacerbated by them. Uh, so um, goodness, let's... Uh, we we've we thought it'd be good to pray. We'll have a number of friends joining us. I think it'll be a useful uh, time. So do be looking out for more information about that. I think that's. I'm I'm glad we're doing it. It's going to be heavy, but it seems entirely appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So man, we are. I'm I'm over here talking about the pandemic. We've had a number of resources coming out uh, that we're going to Lord willing bundle up uh, and get. Uh, so folks can kind of easily find them. Uh, but we wanted to do a follow-up on COVID. So, man, talk to me about that. Well, in the last episode, we were talking specifically about instances of racism against Asian Americans. And sadly, I mean, that's still going on um, and is as deplorable as we said it was last time. But there's been a new dynamic that has kind of uh, been observed in this thing that I wanted us to talk about, and that is that black people are dying of this at a disproportionate rate. And numbers are different. Um, the numbers given by the Surgeon General indicated that it might be as high as a 40% adjusted for population. In New York, it seems like it's worse than that. Um, but I wanted to talk about that. Why is that happening, Isaac? Do you know? <laughs> Um, and please hear me not laughing about this situation, but laughing at, um, goodness, just how massive it is and how small my knowledge is compared to it. Um, and before I answer the question, yeah, I just want to point folks to, uh, your article to the second point, King Jesus, COVID-19 and vulnerable black people. Folks can check that out on the website. We'll have it in the show notes. And then on the first one about racism against Asians, folks can check out the article by James Choi, COVID-19, xenophobia, and a prayerful response. So folks can check out those resources. Uh, Austin, I'll draft off what you brought up to your question about why, uh, and there's multiple reasons uh, and I think it's unwise to try to pick one. I think folks often do that in uh, different racial conversations of like, this is the the key reason. And there might be a key reason. Um, but I thought you, you know, wisely just looked to what uh, sources were putting out. And I think you quoted uh, the Disease Prevention and Health Promotion Office. Do you have that stat on hand? 
Well, here I, I have it right. I have it right in front of me, uh, and they're suggesting that economic and geographic factors greatly impact the long-term health of communities, uh, and it also acknowledges that both these risk factors, at least partially, uh, track at least partially with race. So I think you have two reasons right there, right? Um, uh, and I'll add a third because I think you know we want to, like, brother, we want to have integrity and we want to speak to, uh, you know, it's not all systemic it's not all individual right and that's what i mean by when we pick one reason we're often you know here's the one reason the systemic here's the one reason the individual well you know there's a black brother i respect who said like look we have to be honest like uh some black people just haven't attended well to their health and what they've been eating and we've got to some of us need to be better about that uh but that's not but that's not the reason we are at least putting emphasis on i don't think uh, because i do think those geographic the the individual is always kind of easier to go after but i do think those geographic um that factor uh and the other one um the economic factor are great factors to consider well thoughts on that i appreciate you laying out both of those i wanted to sort of delineate between them as well because the the critic as it were will say that you know Folks like us are just always trying to find racism in everything that we're, you know, accusing a virus of being racist, which is obviously ridiculous. But that's not what we're saying. I hope to develop a framework of just reminding people that the effects of racism take a long time to go away. And so... We can see now things like population trends, where different people live in America has a complicated racial history, as do the kinds of houses and the kinds of living conditions that people were able to buy over time. Those things are directly related to racism in America's history. Those things now are affecting people in this pandemic. Yeah. And, and to that, man, I, what I want to say is, you know, when, when this kind of insight came out that blacks were being disproportionately affected, I, I, I don't mean you rebuke me, man. If you hear arrogance in this, you're good at rebuking me. So you'll have no issue doing that. No, I won't. <laughs> I was a little surprised that people were surprised by that. Uh, what, and what I mean is not that I certainly, of course, I didn't hope that it would disproportionately affect uh, or kill blacks. Um, but what I would understand, Austin, is that racism is the Velcro sin and or is a Velcro sin. And what do I mean? I mean, lots of things stick to it. Education, uh, sports, health, health, uh, wealth distribution. We could keep uh, uh, incarceration. We could keep going on, right? So all these factors that, that weave in and out of our lives, race has touched on some level. You know, we have Courtney Reesig's awesome article on uh, her, her When I Recognize Race on women's health and racism. So it's just like, I just have yet to find the facet of life that has been completely unaffected by racism and health is not one of them. Uh, so, uh, comp so when you, when you compound that with the realities, uh, let's say, or even just the past effects of segregation, um, I, I wrote that article on, um, praying about systemic racism and I quote from, um, 
uh, American apartheid. And I think this is a useful quote uh, where it says the effect of segregation on black well-being is structural, not individual. Residential segregation lies beyond the ability of any individual to change. It constrains black life chances irrespective of personal traits. So it doesn't matter how noble a person you are. You're still growing up in this kind of community. Uh, so respect, irrespective of your per- personal traits, individual motivations, or private achievements. As long as blacks continue to be segregated in American cities, the U.S. cannot be called a race-blind society. Uh, so why do I bring that up? I simply bring it up to say... Uh, whether it be, praise God, it's not uh, de jure, you know, of the law segregation. Uh, and I understand folks would even argue on some level it is. Uh, but even the fact of de facto segregation. Well, yeah, of course, that's that's simply going to play on just as, uh, you know, separate but equal was inherently unequal. Well, yeah, that's going to have inherently unequal effects on health and all those things that I was saying was weaving in and out of our lives. And so just as an example, in my city, Washington, D.C., blacks make up 79% of the deaths from COVID-19, though they only make up 45% of the population. Uh, And we can have a whole separate episode on the changing nature of D.C. and how it was historically known as Chocolate City, given uh, predominant African-American population, which has obviously changed and is changing. Uh, But for the purposes of this episode, uh, I mentioned that statistic not to highlight D.C. only, but because the trends that I just mentioned, like those in D.C., are true nationally, though uh, more pronounced in urban areas. I want to be careful with, um, you know, what we call, I guess, distinguishing between racism and the lingering effects of racism. So, yes, and I think you, I think you implied that, but I just wanted to, to name it that I think people assume that, okay. Well, slavery was a long time ago and Jim Crow was a long time ago and we don't allow housing discrimination anymore. Therefore, everything's okay. And I just want to keep keep singing the same old song that just because those laws were repealed, that the effects of those systemic injustices are still being felt. Yeah. Yes. And I, and you know, if people want I, I, on some level, I'm not too. I, I, I want to respect the line between what we call racism and versus the effects, but I'm also like, okay, either or, let's get after doing some good to our neighbor, right? Like, you want to call it that? Amen. Like, great. You don't think it's racism? You think it's the effects? Why don't you? Those effects are still negatively affecting your neighbor. So why don't we get after loving our neighbor versus quibbling over this definition? Uh, though I. We think definitions are very important here at United We Pray. One of our main aims is to be clear about what we mean. So even if people disagree, they can at least know what they're disagreeing with. But yes. Uh, So yes is my response to what you just said. What are some of those either historic or ongoing systemic issues that we see coming up and affecting people in the COVID crisis? Um. I mean, the one I would that I would spoke to it would would be the effect of segregation. Um, I think that would be one of the primary ones of just people being siphoned off into these kind of communities that they uh, can't get out of. And you know, here's a useful example. Um, uh, I know one pastor in uh, a poor. Uh, in blacker neighborhood, uh, where he, you know, lots of folks are ordering off of Instacart, uh, or, you know, all these different, um, 
facets that you know middle class America would would take advantage of. And these are good and fine things. They're not inherently racist things, right? Like we're 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 not talking about motivation, right? Because the whole point of like structures is that without any kind of racist intent, they can still have disproportionate effects. Um, but he just made clear, like he was asking for resources, wipes and things and uh, toilet paper and stuff like that. And he made it clear, you, he was like, you'd be surprised at how many organizations won't deliver to our neighborhood. And I thought that was striking. Now, I want to say that carefully because I'm reading um, the novel Meals from Mars. Have you read that? I have not. It's a, it's a good kind of entry-level novel into this discussion. Um, and it's Meals from Mars, a parable uh, about um, prejudice and providence. So Christian novel, it's, it's good. Uh, and, you know, the guy is making this exact point. Well, sometimes uh, people don't deliver to these neighborhoods because of the danger within them. Uh, and, it, and basically, it's this young black guy and this older white guy who gets stuck together in this providential circumstance. Uh, so I, I'm not saying, you know, oh, Instacart's racist or, so, or something like that necessarily. Uh, I'm saying it's complicated, uh, but that past segregation and its effects is one of the complicating factors. What would you say? I, I would agree with all of that. I mean, just because the laws against segregation were repealed did not mean that America immediately unsegregated. And so you still have population today um, shaped in large part by these big historical events. I mean, we see this now with COVID in terms of, you know, you see pictures of the subway uh, in New York City. Who is still taking the subway to work? Who still lives in a neighborhood that requires the use of subway transportation during a pandemic? You know, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of black and brown people. Um, that didn't happen accidentally, and we're just seeing that COVID is the latest opportunity for those consequences to be felt disproportionately. That's right, and it's re so it's revealing in that sense. It's not necessarily creating, it's but it's yes. revealing. And like we want to be clear, and Austin, I, w I wonder how you would even. I'm hesitant to bring up this disclaimer, but for the sake of folks listening, we're not saying that the disease hasn't affected white people. It hasn't been horrible for white people. I mean, or like, or any, or any other ethnicity. Uh, but we're just dealing with uh, this present fact in front of us about the disproportionate effects. Um, and I wonder, I, you and I could probably have a whole another episode about kind of the tendency to say, you know, why are you saying like, why are you only saying it's only black for black people? And it's like that's not what we're saying. I would just like to underline, put it in italics put a yellow highlighter over that. That's not what we're saying. We lament it in all, uh, in all cases. And, as, and what we're doing is trying to draw a spotlight to this uh, disproportionate case. No, I appreciate you saying that because it's not like we're saying it is a morally worse thing that a black person, person should get COVID or die of COVID than a white person. But we are looking at, a, you know, at numbers that say, you know, black people are dying exponentially more than anybody else when they get this. And we want to look at why that is and how our complicated history plays into that. And I'm not saying that there's no white people affected by this. I'm not saying that white people don't ride the subway, but there is historical and demographic asymmetry that I think we need to talk about. That's right. And in the name, I think this is a biblical desire. I don't think you and I are trying to do a bunch of... Um a bunch of just 
historical analysis or sociology for the kicks of it. I mean, Proverbs. I mean, Proverbs is one of the clearest passages I think on speaking up uh, for. It says for all the oppressed. Uh, Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Uh, so we want to be. We want to be speaking up. We want to be uh, drawing attention to this so that we might love our neighbors better. And that's the whole goal of everything we're doing. You said that at the beginning. I, I appreciate your repeated emphasis here. This isn't just a thought exercise. We want to think about how we can love our neighbors well. That's right. That's right. Well, one of the ways we do that is by praying for them. So why don't I open us in a time of prayer and Isaac, you can close us and we can pray for everyone who's affected by this awful pandemic. How's that sound? Amen. Father, thank you that you are Lord over everything. Thank you that um, even in the context of a, a global pandemic, um, we can come to you and ask for your help. And so we do. We pray for your help. We pray that you would end the spread of this awful disease. We pray that you would protect people who are especially vulnerable. We pray that you would guard people from the sins of our ancestors that are still affecting us today. We pray that you would give people wisdom and how to handle this. And we pray that your church would be full of people who love each other well and who serve and protect and speak up for the vulnerable. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, your word says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Uh, Lord, we know that your sovereignty is great and hard for us to comprehend at times, Lord, that in some strange way, but no small way, this virus is what you have ordained. And this virus has taken life tragically. And that was your will. And yet, God, we know you are good and work all things for good for those who are called according to your purpose, Lord. So we we come asking for help and mercy and insight as to what this means, as to how we can be good neighbors, uh, as to how we can uh, love people we can't congregate with, uh, as, we, as to how we can intercede even for communities that are disproportionately affected by this. Lord, we pray uh, that you would protect vulnerable people, uh, Lord, that you uh, would bring about from Clorox wipes to food to what people need to uh, to uh, to sustainable changes in people's lives. We pray that you would bring that about, Lord. Father, we pray that uh, we wouldn't be marked by defensiveness, uh, but Lord, but by humility and service. Father, we pray that where we would need to be good neighbors, even right now, of uh, of socially distancing, Lord, we that you give us wisdom in how to do that. Uh, Lord, and self-control to do that, to submit to government uh, orders as we um, as we should, Lord. So, Father, we pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Austin, uh, one one resource that comes to mind, and they the stuff we write. I mean, it, it it interweaves so much with what we talk about. But I do think of my the asymmetry, the piece on tone that I wrote, uh, and asymmetry. Just to your point about what you were saying about we're not saying morally it's better that or worse that a black person dies than a white person. I think uh, if folks have more questions about that. They can check out that asymmetry piece. Yes, absolutely. 
Awesome. Folks, thank you for joining us. You can find you can find that piece and more at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com. Grace and peace. Stay healthy and safe.